Hey, just a reminder that friend of the show and sketch card artist Ben Abusada is giving Rebel Base Card listeners 20% off sketch cards in his Etsy store. If you go to Etsy.com slash shop slash KSGeekman and use the code RebelBaseCard, you'll get 20% off of sketch cards. You can find the link in the show notes. All right, let's do the show. What's up, everybody? This is Ethan Howard with Coconut Brick Studios, and you're listening to the Rebel Base Card Podcast. Great poll, kid. Only watch a step. This place can be a little rough. You found something. You found the Rebel Base Card Podcast. What a piece of junk. I'm your host, Greg McLaughlin. Just as clumsy as he is stupid. Join me as we discuss Star Wars trading cards and card collecting. We need a statement, not a manifesto. We'll talk about sets from the original vintage. No, no, the one I'm pointing to. All the way to current releases. This? Yes. All right, let's get started. Commence primary ignition. Welcome back, or if this is your first episode, welcome aboard. My name is Greg McLaughlin, and this is the Rebel Base Card Podcast. Good show for you tonight. My guest is Brandon Bernard, and he is senior designer for Tops, specifically lead graphic designer for the Star Wars Card Trader app. This is an interview I've been looking forward to doing for quite some time, but I also wanted to give a shout out to A.W. Biggs or Andrew Biggs over at the Hordecast for doing such a bang-up interview earlier this year in May, and I do recommend that you check out that interview on the podcast, The Hordecast. Uh, the Hordecast does uh, all digital uh, card trader apps, and so uh, whereas like this one, we kind of mainly specifically deal with the uh, physical cards and the uh, Star Wars card trader app. Um, but I thought it was great, such, uh, such a great tight interview that um, I didn't necessarily want to repeat some of the information. I recommend you go back and listen to that. Uh, but there were some things that I kind of wanted to expand upon and some more uh, topics I kind of wanted to do. So I thought this might be a nice addendum to that one, uh, whereas you get kind of the, you know, the nice basis, the nice foundation uh, for our discussion tonight. Uh, Brandon is such a nice guy, and I really do appreciate the fact he gave us some time tonight. So I'm going to forego some of the normal uh, homestead keeping that I am normally uh, usually doing. Uh, I did want to say uh, thanks again to uh, Tony and Romeo uh, from Gong Toys uh, for our last episode. Uh, they were a blast to talk to once again. If you haven't had a chance to listen to that episode, uh, do yourself a favor. They were a fun pair to talk to, uh, a great bunch of guys. And like I said, it's one of the things when you're doing this podcast that I so enjoy getting a chance to talk to so many different folks. Um, you know, got some people were kind of in the works for uh, getting on. Uh, there's another one in the can. I can't wait for you to hear. And so once again, this has been a, such a pleasure to bring these uh, stories to you. We'll go ahead and get into my conversation with Brandon, and I'll catch you on the other side of the podcast. If they don't go for this, we're going to have to get out of here pretty quick, Chewy. One of the things I was going to try to pick up in our conversation was some things maybe kind of expound upon, but others, I was there was some questions. that There was a lot of fertile ground, I thought, left to cover. Um, one of the first ones uh, that I thought, and you had mentioned this in that, you know, you mentioned Dropbox, and I started thinking, you know, as you are in your day-to-day routine putting together these images that must be one big honking dropbox folder that has all these images it must be just there has to be it has to be an art just to get through that <laughs> yeah i mean it's a um it's a beast i i actually like dropbox i mean we've had uh you know we've used it actually since i've been aboard so for um really eight years now including my uh my stint as a freelancer so, um, 
you know, over that time, we've had some issues that I think you would just have with any kind of software or any kind of file management program. I don't really think there are things that are specific to Dropbox being, you know, bad at what they do or anything. But, you know, uh, I actually really kind of like Dropbox. I'm familiar with it. But it does, it's, a, it's a whole, it's a wilderness a little bit, our sort of, um, our professional Dropbox account, which is massive. I don't even know how many uh, gigabytes it is now, or terabytes, excuse me. Um, and each app kind of has its own, uh, system of organization. Um, and I'm, I'm sort of a nut about organizing. It's, a, I think it's partly the graphic designer in me. I think there's, you know, something that overlaps there between being a graphic designer and being sort of a, um, a very rigid sort of organizational type person. You want everything where it belongs, everything in its right place. You want square pegs and square holes and round pegs and round holes. So um, I'm sort of fanatical about making sure our folder structure makes sense that anybody else I think could dive in there and sort of find what they're looking for. Um, That's probably not true, but I like to think that. so, and you know, it's a thing where I'm just synced to the things I need to be synced to, uh, which is still a considerable amount of stuff as you're, uh, indicating. And, uh, yeah, it's some pretty massive amounts of data being uploaded and downloaded and transferred back and forth between people. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of the job is sort of just wrangling data and making sure, you know, things are there that people need, uh, making sure things get to freelancers where, you know, Star Wars card trader itself uses probably two or three freelancers right now regularly. Um, so, you know, they've got to get Dropbox, they've got to, you know, sync to the appropriate folder. Um, they've got to make sure that they upload the stuff that I need and that I can see it and then I can get it to the producers and producers can get that to, you know, Lucasfilm to get approved <laughs> and back. So yeah, so it's a lot of it is just sort of moving files around. Um, it's interesting. And there's also, I think, an interesting correlation between what, you know, with like, say, and Dropbox basically is just, it's a system of images within folders. And I thought it was an interesting correlation between, you know, the app and where, you know, if we're going through our collection of of cards, which are images, Mm -hmm. and you are trying to go through, you know, your repository, whatever Lucasfilm gives you, we're all kind of in the same boat, whereas we have to have to kind of find a navigate you have to find your tricks to search and unlike when you were talking about you know kind of being inspired a bit by the galaxy books mm-hmm. you know you know it's where it was a little more freeform you've got these you can kind of go to certain pages you can kind of get inspired and stuff in this it's a little more there's a little more I say math to it but there's a little more of a process to go if I want to try to segment out if we're trying to do a set on solo or empire i've got to navigate to this and i've also got to then create you know a space where i've got to figure out how many images i have and this is what we're going to use and then how do they their relationship where maybe we're going to do something like fractured or i'm going to do a special thing you've almost got to kind of lay out your your work map within this file and folder structure yeah it's um I mean, all the, the images that we have from Lucasfilm, they're sourced through Lucasfilm's sort of um, housing of those, which is not Dropbox. So they have their own database that we have access to and, and or can request files from that they didn't deliver to us. So by the time it makes it to Dropbox, it's typically 
already been worked out that we want to do a set with these people in it um, or these ships or whatever. Um, one of our, I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to avoid trying to name people just in case they want uh, totally to be, um, you know, anonymous, but we, one of our producers is really great. He's been with the app for um, several years and he's got this great sort of mental catalog of, what cards we've put out, what images we have on Dropbox. So he's really great. Like I'll be building a set and realize that, hey, you know, um, it'd be really great to get a mud trooper in this. And we didn't pull a mud trooper. And he's like, you know, two minutes later, will this work? You know, he's just gone to our Dropbox and he remembers where there's a mud trooper someplace, um, which is great because it spares us having to then log on to um, the Lucasfilm sort of database and request a mud trooper asset and maybe wait a couple of days for that to be delivered to us. So he's invaluable i don't know what we do without him because he really is kind of that that link between the mess of our dropbox and it's not really a mess but it's just over years there's so much stuff and you know after a week of doing cards i've forgotten what i did the previous week you know so if you were to ask me you know didn't you just use a boba fett image can't you figure out where to go get that i've already forgotten so um i really you know i rely heavily on his sort of mental catalog of that which i'm in awe of and very appreciative of so and he's sort of our main link to um he's sort of our liaison to um lucasfilm's approval people that look at our cards so he's really instrumental um sort of a communication back and forth um he'll help us communicate you know questions about card approvals back to lucasfilm and sort of help us translate you know what lucasfilm is asking of us and you know in addition to just sort of wrangling all the images around so um yeah a lot of that work of you know if we're going to do a fractured set for return of the jedi the producers kind of create a player list uh typically so when there's a card set um and a lot of times you know it's their card set idea like maybe troopers through time which was a producer's idea and i thought that was a great concept but Mm. other times it might be you know some you know harebrained idea i had like the guards set or whatever and i'll just basically say yeah just i just want all guards from star wars anything you can think of so they'll, you know, sort of rack their brains or watch the TV shows and the movies or whatever and come up with their list. Then they'll hop on the Lucasfilm uh, asset management system and request anything that we don't already have. There again, that, that one producer may already be able to source a lot of things that we already have on hand. So it's interesting. It's not so much that it's me, you know, long story short, it's not so much that it's me getting a set and then needing to ransack our Dropbox to try and find all those things. Usually it's pulled together for me in a folder. I get a ticket on Jira that says, all right, this is ready. This has got the assets. They're back. They're, you know, they've been cut out if if I need them cut out or, you know, if it's just final frames or whole images, then, you know, here they are. So, uh, you know, it takes a lot of people to try and get a set off the ground um and it's a lot of teamwork obviously and um you know it's it's a good team and complex process but i think you know we're we've got the the personnel that are able to navigate it and sort of move things along fortunately i can imagine having a producer or that liaison probably takes a bit of the pressure off of kind of trying to figure out what lucasfilm not only once, I mean, as a licensee, mm-hmm. they're giving you a license to do this, but at right. the same time, they have to not only kind of make sure the images are good, but you're almost like trying to, in some cases, you know, predict the weather. It's like, are they going to like this? Is this going to go? 
and probably it takes a little of the pressure off you to go, okay, you you were going to deal with them, the producer, you were going to deal with them to make sure that we're we're synced up, that you know we're on the same page. Uh-huh. Then that kind of frees us up a bit to worry about more about the creative. I'm assuming that's kind of what it kind of allows you to do. Absolutely, and I think you know that uh, producer who's the liaison having sort of this. Um, history with working with Lucasfilm for I don't know exactly how long he's been on the app maybe five years or so Um, he I you know I sort of defer to him to sort of tell me if I have a question like do you think they'll go for this is this pushing them too far or have we done anything like this before and have they said yes or no to it Um, so he's kind of like a first line of approval in my mind that is more immediate and more fast for me because he's a team member. So I don't have to submit something to him and then wait 10 business days. Um, I can just sort of shoot him something on Slack and say, Hey, I was thinking about doing this. What do you think they'll say? Um, and sometimes he'll say, yeah, let's try it and see what happens. Or other times he'll say, "Mm, I don't know. I I think that, you know, historically they've reacted badly if we do that or whatever. So, um, that does help sort of, um, expediate a lot of design choices that I'm maybe mulling over or trying to, you know, decide between, I can sort of kick it to that producer and say, you know, what do you think? I, if I do A or B, which do you think has more chance of success? Mm-hmm. So, uh, it helps a lot in that regard as well. Yeah. It's also interesting in listening, um, uh, to your interview on the, the Hordecast talk about the turnaround. And you guys had talked about the fact that it was a fair, it was a, much sooner turnaround than what we might think that might take. Mm-hmm. You would think with the bureaucracy, it would take a lot. Um, do you, th- I mean, you know, you, you come, you, you've been, obviously you've been with tops for a while, even before as a freelancer, mm-hmm. but I, I can only imagine the speed of the bureaucracy to go through that even probably still kind of amazes you as like the turnaround, like no, most, you know, like, in this case, like if if Tops is putting out a physical set, you know, it takes right. a while for right. this to go. But with right. digital, it's boom, boom, boom. It's so fast. But yes. even then, it goes back through it. It still probably has to, you know, spin your head that, wow, it, it's I'm going through. I'm I'm going, you know, I'm getting it out and all the moving parts into this. So it, I mean, it's interesting. It should spin my head still. It's one of those unfortunate things that I've taken it for granted that you know we move move at the speed of digital. And so if I have to wait 48 hours for something, I start getting antsy, you know, but your, your point is well taken that, you know, on the digital side, it can take, you know, I think up to a year sometimes to get a physical product out when you sort of, um, and, and they're, they're paced for that too, right? The design right. turnaround is slower because they sort of realize they've got this time, which, you know, there's nice things that come with that. Like you could try a couple different layouts and you can workshop them and you can sort of, you know, critique them and show them to an art director and get feedback and change things on the digital side. Pretty much your first go at something is going to be the thing that you end up with. So you, you learn to move very quickly and very, um, sure footedly, you know, you don't want to sort of, um, I think there's some industries in, in which that I've actually worked where you can kind of like, try a couple of options and you can get feedback on them and maybe a whole option goes away or somebody says, well, maybe try something like this and move this around and see what happens. And then, you know, a week later you come back with option two. Um, I've had to learn that that's not how our particular business works, um, that you really, you know, if you're spending two days on a design, that's sort of a luxurious, indulgent amount of time to spend on a design. It happens sometimes. And and there are some that, you know, um, take more work. And I'm 
you know, I'm adamant to put in that work when they need that. But generally, you want to sort of kick out a, a template maybe every half day or every day. Um, so it moves very fast. And um, yeah, I've just sort of over several years gotten kind of used to that. And so, you know, any little hiccup um, in, in bureaucracy or just sort of, uh, you know, especially with the pandemic and sort of everybody's workforces getting kind of slashed or, you know, temporarily uh, reduced or whatever, we've experienced maybe some lengthier delays than we might ordinarily be accustomed to. Um, and, you know, I just really start drumming my fingers on the desk <laughs> impatiently. Uh, but you're right. It, everything does just, you know, move so much faster than um, on physical. And I guess as a designer, there's always the conceit, well, if you gave me a, if you gave me infinite amount of time, mm-hmm. I would produce my best work. But I, I almost think that as a designer, it's probably the inverse where if you give me that constraint of time, your brain all of a sudden kicks in yep. and you just you can tap into something that you wouldn't normally have if there were no boundaries. Yeah, it's a, um, you know, I'm a big fan of constraints, whatever they are. In fact, it's, um, you know, whether it's time or it's budget or it's resources or whatever. And in fact, that's, you know, a thing that I think made the original Star Wars work so well was, you know, the various constraints he did not have. You know, George Lucas didn't have just uh, all the money that he needed, all the resources that he needed. He didn't have all the people bought into his vision that he might have wanted to have. And so he had to cut corners. He had to make things stretch further than you thought they, than he probably thought that they could. And it was magical. And then you look at something like the prequels where, you know, he didn't have any constraints and you kind of <laughs> see like sort of what a, what a sort of loose sprawling mess that is. And from my opinion, I mean, there are people that love the, the prequels and there are things about them that are great, but, um, yeah, so I think it absolutely the creative process depends on, you know, you, you may have the most wildest ambitions, but then you have to figure out how you can sort of tame that and channel it through the available means. And yeah, I think the time on this, uh, you're absolutely right. You could noodle a design to death and sort of second guess yourself or put everything, including the kitchen sink into something. And it might just be a, a total disaster. So I think there is sort of, um, benefit to that leanness that that speed at which we move and sort of um and also the in a way the quantity that we put out sort of helps too right you you sort of develop this mentality pretty quick that not everyone is going to be a winner um (laughs) and i definitely want everything that i make to be as good as possible but you know at some point you're just sort of like okay well i've been working on this for six hours and it's time to move on you know so you, you sort of develop this uh, forgiveness that, okay, this might not be the greatest thing. And then what's funny is that sometimes that's the thing people love the most, right? The, the thing that I think like, oh, this was just, this didn't work out the way I wanted and I wish I had more time with it. And people are like, oh, I love this. And then, you know, conversely, I find that something that I got to tweak the way, just the way I wanted it. And it ticks a lot of boxes for me and it's a personal journey and I accomplished some things that I wanted to accomplish in my career. And then you put it out there and people are like, meh. You know, so, you know, you kind of you develop that. um, I think it's been real helpful for me being on Twitter and stuff and sort of seeing reactions to stuff, sort of develop that um, sense that, you know, what matters to me, what's important to me, what looks great to me doesn't necessarily translate to other people. Um, And sometimes the things that I didn't 
feel great about uh, just really satisfied the masses somehow. Um, and just also just trying to sort of get a beat on what it is people respond to and what it is people like. Um, it's been real interesting. You know, I, I think I mentioned it in, um, in the Hordecast interview, too, that it's rare in the design profession that you have as direct a sort of feedback um, channel to your audience that you do. I mean, if you work in advertising and you're making subway ads, you know, nobody knows who made those and nobody is, you know, hounding them about like, oh, that was really cool looking or oh, that didn't really connect with me or whatever. So it's a very unique thing that people know who's designing these cards and that I have an opportunity to re relate to people and sort of um, it's, it's, you know, the best part of my job is, you know, seeing people excited about stuff um, and and making those connections, talking to people like you and, and to Biggs and, you know, to basically that that robust Twitter community that's out there. And I know they're on other channels as well. I just happen to sort of be on Twitter. But it it is a you know, it, it's a precarious balance. And you had mentioned, you know, you, you do have to have a thick skin for it. And yeah. You know, in design, you know, there there can be there is also a balance between a vision and a committee. And I think one of my favorite I used to see this in a design mag uh, a long, long time ago. There was this insert where there was a, a great photo, uh, a great picture of a guy tripping over a uh, of like a hurdle. And it was it was like all along the way where these things like, all right, we workshop this. We went through. We did all this. And the last hurdle that he tripped over was boss's wife doesn't get it and i'm not <laughs> this is not like a guy but it was one of those things where just the weird the the, the, the it went through everything and then just right. something really tweaked and i do think uh we're gonna go on a line and we can i always want to talk to you about that in a bit that you know putting yourself out there you know that to me it was amazing when i first saw and in, in some of the some of the early splash pages i think that's where i discovered like oh oh you're you know like and then yeah you don't know that like you, you take it for granted that a, a splash page and this is the thing that everybody is logging you know, when they log in to star wars card trader or whatever you're in kick uh kick bunt whatnot you know you're kind of like it's almost like you want to get past that like i, I want to get to where i am and i'm stuck on this page and you see it's loading but even the things like loading i remember even in I, I don't know how much you had in the in the design of the overall look of the app but even the little detail of you know you have the in the as it's loading up and you see the look two little two little spheroids kind of interacting and there was a little arabesque there I like I liked that and then I went back and I I, I did a screenshot I'm trying to like translate going, oh that's satellite that's um, I, think I even told somebody there was a typo in that once uh, oh. but but those are the kind of things you know that yeah no one's gonna put their name on it like as you see like right. signed off on it yep. but um, yep. but to put yourself yeah. out there is is um, it is amazing. I, I wanted to go back, though, um, just to kind of give folks, and, and you, like I said, you can give me however much you can, but it's interesting when you're talking about the only way that you guys put out the amount of contact content that you have is that there is this team of, you know, your there's the inside group and then there's your freelancers. Can you talk at all about that relationship and what you have to take care of? Like, we can take care of this, but I got to farm this out. Is it, mm -hmm. Can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. Um, it's it's kind of an ever-changing dynamic with freelancers. Um, right now, we're going through um, a period where we're trying to sort of um, increase our freelancer base um, to try and give all the apps sort of all the manpower that they 
could possibly need and be able to farm that out. Um, you know, uh, the old adage that good help is hard to find is, is really true. And I think that like, you know, it, it's easy to sort of think, I think that I, I sort of think, well, let's just grab somebody, let's just get a freelancer. There's lots of people out there that want to do stuff. Um, and can't we just get some more personnel? Um, but really I have, first of all, it's a hard business to get coming in, uh, because, there's really nothing like it. Uh, your whatever your past experiences are, chances are this is like a whole new um, version of doing graphic design and, and the way we need to do it. So, the um, kind of the onboarding process for a, a freelancer coming in can be intense, and it can kind of take a while sometimes to sort of work through all the, the, the jargon, you know, oh, we're, we're going to do variants on this. So variants is when we do this. And here's how we're going to do the file naming for that when we do variants. And, oh, this is a tilt card. A tilt card is a lenticular card. <laughs> have you seen those? Okay. These are die cut. Here's how we have to save those out. So it's a whole mess of stuff. It's like a whole other lexicon of terms. And, you know, if you came from building web ads or something, um, you it, it's just a whole other world, even though you're sort of using a lot of the same software um, and a lot of the same design principles. It's just a whole other world of stuff that you have to um, kind of get acclimated to. So, um, you know, I have a freelancer that I've worked with for a number of years. Uh, he helped us out when I was on the Kick app and he sort of helps the Marvel app. And, you know, he, he's sort of he's not um, chained to the, any one app. And he's great. He's been doing it for a number of years. So we have a real shorthand where I can sort of I have the confidence that if I build a template, I can send them a link to the um, to the Photoshop file and say, you know, if you have any questions, let me know. Um, then there's <laughs> other freelancers where I sort of have to um, write a little bit of a manual about, okay, here's how you know if we put a sig in this. Here's how you do it. You grab it from here and you put it in here. Make sure that the stroke weight is blah blah blah. You know, you just kind of like write a little bit of an instruction manual. Um, so it's really it's interesting. I think every designer. Uh, within our uh, suite of apps has to kind of figure out how and when to use freelancers and it's not the same process for each freelancer so there's some freelancers that may be great at just doing production churning out you've given them a template and uh, 200 images and the next day you can have all those cards back um, and then there's other freelancers who may be um, more you trust them a little bit more to design something from scratch or um, to sort of have a sensitivity to photos that, you know, need uh, a little bit of image correction or typography that needs a little bit of kerning or, you know, to do a little bit more sort of finer um, skills. So it's it's interesting. It's um, it's an ongoing skill for me to learn how to delegate work, who to delegate it to you know, how much to delegate. Um, and so, yeah, it, that's, you know, as much as it helps us to have freelancers, it's also a, an additional dimension to my job or, or things that I have to do during a day to sort of make sure that I'm routing everything that needs to be routed, make sure I'm keeping tabs on that stuff. How long have they had this? When do they expect to have it back? Did this come in? Let me double check it. Do we have the thumbnails for this? You know, it's, it's a whole as you add that sort of managerial layer, um, right. it sort of changes the nature of the job a little bit. Um, so while I'm offloading one amount of work, I'm kind of inheriting 
another amount of work. Um, and, you know, sometimes I will opt to just do grunt work myself because I'm thinking by the time I send the email to this and this person <laughs> comes online and gets it and then they do it and then I check it out and then I send them feedback and then they take another pass at it, I would have had it done and exactly the way I want it and send it out. <laughs> so, you know, a little bit, sometimes I get a little bit stuck in the zone where I'm just like, you know what, I just finished this template. I'm just going to knock these out. And I have a certain pleasure even in seeing how a template works out, you know, there's sort of like a, a moment of truth where I've built this, where I'm like, is this going to work for every image that we put in here? And so it's kind of fun for me then to go through maybe 40 images and shove them in and be like, oh yeah, that works. Oh yeah, that works. Oh, I got to tweak this a little bit, you know? Um, so there's, uh, even though it's sort of the less, uh, um, glorious part of the work to be doing the production aspect of it a lot of times I like it and it's a it's an opportunity for my brain to shift gears I think if you you know we want the designers to be as creative as possible as much of the time as possible but that's an exhausting um, process too and I think a lot of people maybe don't uh, don't know that if, if they don't work in a creative field that if you're constantly just trying to think of something new and different and interesting and exciting I mean, it's it takes a toll it's like you've been out you know running for hours even though you've been sitting at your desk but it's very mentally exhausting so it's nice for me sometimes to shift gears and be like okay now i'm just going to plug in all these images and photos and update the, the names or the titles on the cards and that gives your brain sort of a chance to sort of rest a little bit function on another level um, a lot of times when i'm you know in that mode there's a part of my brain that is thinking of something else like, oh, you know, it'd be interesting as if I tried doing this effect on this. I've never really tried that before. So that give and take is pretty important. And I think that's another thing that I have to consider when, you know, choosing to farm out work is if I'm farming out all the quote unquote hard work and I'm sort of leaving all the, the fun design stuff <laughs> myself, then I'm really also kind of uh, I risk burning myself out. So I, I like to keep sort of that um, ebb and flow, that give and take a little bit where sometimes you're just in a machine mode and other times you're in a, a loftier creative mode. I, th I think folks can kind of take it for granted, and this was interesting going back to the previous interview, um, that you didn't necessarily have a card or collector background. Mm -hmm. And on the one hand, I think as, as someone who collects physical and who, who is in the card trader app, you know, you think like, oh, everybody, you know, like everybody who's attached to this. And you even think like, you know, the, the poor people at Tops, you know, see cards every day. Go, oh, it's enough with the cards. Um, <laughs> but I think maybe not necessarily having such a background in it. You know, that you, you know, there is a point where you like to be grounded going, this is, you know, like when you're talking about like, you're bringing somebody on board going, this is what variants are. Oh, mm -hmm. but also when you're seeing a set like Troopers Through Time, which mm -hmm. is amazing where you're kind of showing this is what a digital card can do as opposed right. to a two dimensional, like you can do, you can do holograms, you can do everything on a physical card, but, or, or fractured where, you know, it's, it's pieces of an image. And, you know, I've seen that same, you know, the return of the Jedi really, you know, like, uh, Oh wow. There's that same image, but now you're seeing it in a format, you know, sometimes maybe not having such a card background or not necessarily having that, you know, that, that, that Catholic experience with, with cards going, it has to be this way mm -hmm. kind of lends itself to allowing and going, you know what, we can really kind of play a little bit, giving people that same nostalgic image, but now we can kind of do something a little different and take advantage of the format. Absolutely. And there's a lot of, um, enthusiasm right now about making sure that we 
I mean, there always has been, but I think right now there's there's sort of a, an uh, extra emphasis on making sure that we're embracing all those uh, possibilities that digital cards can be. Um, and it's interesting. I mean, in, in some ways, I get frustrated not having the physical stuff. Like, I really wish that we had special coatings and, you know, sort of holographic coatings and uh, silver inks and metallic <laughs> coatings and stuff. I mean, we can emulate those things, but um, sometimes there's there's that um, that tactile feeling of holding something and being able to turn it and catch the light yourself and sort of see how gold foil works in different lights and how sometimes it looks kind of black and other times it looks white. And if you do that sort of in a, a JPEG, it doesn't read maybe, you know, and of course we can try to mimic it with motion and, you know, some video effects and stuff like that. But it's in some, there's some effects that take a lot more work digitally to try to, um, capture than they do physically. Uh, and so it's interesting, like in some ways I feel like we lack certain abilities, but definitely, you know, um, way easier for us to, to do motion or video on a card or sound on a card than, um, than it is for physical to do that. Not that they, you know, people have done weird video physical cards and stuff like that, but it ends up being like a chunky sort of, you know, <laughs> like a, like a Game Boy cartridge or something, but, um, not to, uh, age myself, but, um, uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting, and and we are trying to embrace those because it is you do sort of while you're making trading cards, you do kind of get locked into this mindset of like, well, these this is what trading cards look like, you know. So I'm you know I'm gonna make this and design it to look like a trading card. So you know, not only trying to be aware and embrace the advantages of being digital where you can do anything including like die cuts that are impossible right where you would have floating pieces that aren't attached to the rest of the card i think you know that's something that myself i want to explore more and i keep forgetting that like oh yeah i don't have to make sure that this would work physically because that uh, for a number of years when i started uh that's sort of what i was always thinking like well okay that won't work physically so i'm not going to do that you know but why you know why <laughs> limit ourselves to that so that and I think bringing in other disciplines, if you've, you know, if people have, you know, maybe worked on magazines or uh, in my case, work on, you know, movie posters and entertainment packaging like DVD packaging and stuff like that. Just bringing those other disciplines to bear so that you it's, it's sort of like um, fresh air sort of because um, I think, you know, to your point, like there is sort of a look for trading cards and um, it's helpful Anytime we can kind of boost out of that if somebody's got a comic book background and, and wants to sort of, you know, take any sort of principles of that and sort of bring them to bear on trading cards and sort of come up with something that looks fresh and exciting. Um, I love that. I, I, I try as much as possible to, you know, just when I'm not at work, when I, you know, on weekends and evenings <laughs> and stuff, to try to immerse myself in other disciplines as much as possible, whether it's architecture or fine art or movies, um, just other art forms to try and be like, oh, I wonder if we could do something like that. Or I always love how this looks in that medium. Is there anything from that I can borrow and translate to this medium? And it's harder with something like Star Wars, which has such an established look. Um, I think I was a lot more experimental when I was working on the R Soccer app um, kick because there was less of a defined aesthetic you know, right. with soccer cards. So I could 
see a heist movie and be like, oh, I really love the opening title sequence for this. And I want to, you know, base a whole card set off of that. You know, if I do that in Star Wars, somebody might be like, well, where did this come from? This doesn't look like Star Wars, you know. Um, so it's a little bit harder. You, you also have that sort of filter um, that's sort of dictating to an extent what I can do or what I can try. Um, but we also, I, I do like to branch out of the Star Wars aesthetic as much as possible too, just to try to get, you know, things that look different. And as Star Wars, you know, as the years go on, Star Wars itself is expanding in terms of the amounts of things that it encompasses. So that also gives us more freedom as well. Yeah, I really loved that that part of the conversation you had with Biggs where you talked about, you know, trying to bring in when you're talking about the the posters or, you know, the pod races where you were trying to bring in something else where you right. are you're giving back. I mean, one thing it's, you know, when we are collecting whether it's physical or digital, it's like, you know, we're seeing a lot of this stuff recurring, but it's it's just presented to us in a different way. And I think right. that makes an interesting um relationship between uh the card trader folks and the physical folks. A lot of times you know, people ask me, like, why Why would I trade, you know, like, it, I don't really own it or I don't get it. But I, I think the two have a very interesting way of complementing each other, you know, uh -huh. from a, you know, I always thought of the card traders kind of like digital, you know, tops digital labs, where it's like you can try different yes. stuff right. uh, into that. But instead of trying to compete with them, one another to try to complement each other without like, you know, one's not really taking... I think take away from the other. They're they're two. Absolutely. They can merge sometimes where you can get like a physical set from the digital, like they did in 2016, or uh -huh. you can get what we had uh, at, at most recently here in the the New Hope watch party, where those that base, you know, for the the original Star Wars movie, such a gorgeous design on that card that really harkened back. It wasn't. It was. It was. It was. It, it gave that classic feel. But it was it was not necessarily there, and I just really I took away. I'm like, that's a physical set I would love to have, mm -hmm, just that classic mm -hmm. border. And that it seems like there's this nice symbiosis that you guys like when, when yeah. it's on when it's working, it's there. Yeah, and I mean, there's been such a, a historical relationship between Star Wars and Tops that you know, I definitely, and I think you know, all of us on the team really want to mine that and um, sort of pay homage to that as as often as possible you know i mean we don't want to do it to the to the point that uh you know becomes um routine and people are sick of seeing it so we try to spread it out or tweak it or do it in different ways or or sort of give a twist on it where we can but it's definitely you know a thing that you know like I, like I said, have said before, you know, I had those books of Topps illustrated Star Wars cards and I didn't even realize they were Topps, but, <laughs> but so much of what has influenced me and so many Star Wars fans has been stuff that has been issued by Topps and made by Topps. So there's a real, um, sort of, uh, history there that is rich and, um, it's definitely worth sort of including that stuff and watching sort of what physical does and emulating that or taking cues from that and, you know, um, uh, bringing it into the app. And certainly our, you know, the physical box sets that we do translate into the app are, you know, very popular and um, we'll, we'll always do that. Uh, but then, like you said, too, like it is a little bit of a laboratory um, setting. Uh, and again, it's because of the volume and the speed that we do stuff at. Um, there's there's more forgiveness there. It's not that 
you know, we can try something and it's not going to be our product for the year, you know, so there's, there's less um, pressure on it to succeed. And so we can say, well, all right, let's do these boxing posters and, you know, see if uh, people respond to that or like that. If they don't, whatever, you know, tomorrow we'll put something else out. Um, so it's, it's sort of um, the, that forgiveness factor that comes with having so much coming out so fast. Um, the, the only sad thing is when you have really massively successful things, it doesn't <laughs> last very long, you know, because um, <clears throat> by the next week we're on to something else. It's, um, it's a very fast um, gestation process, but uh, it does allow us to sort of tinker and experiment and try things. I, I think that also leads into, you know, the way Disney Plus will be, Disney will be working with the Star Wars properties in that we'll have this nice, probably yes. steady trickle that will at least, you know, I'm sure there's properties you go, I can't wait to get those images because that's going to be fun. And then your mind starts mm. circling and I'm sure you and producers are going, hey, with when we get that, we can totally do that, 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 even though a lot of times you're not you were saying you, you don't have that much time to play and there has to be something in the back of your head going, I can't wait till I get a play with, you know, in this sandbox, right. this, this, and right. this. Yeah. Um, I mean, I am excited for the Cassian Andor series and the Obi-Wan Kenobi series and uh, season two Mandalorian. And, you know, I mean, a lot of, a lot of great stuff coming up um, that's, or, you know, whatever, whatever your definition of coming up is in some cases we're looking at a couple of years, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's all stuff that I can't wait to sort of see what kind of, things that uh disney and lucasfilm come up with and then what sorts of you know things then we'll be getting to make cards of that we've never made cards of before one of the things i thought was we didn't necessarily you didn't necessarily get a chance to touch on before and i don't know whether this this hurts or helps uh your relationship when you get back online is um had you always sort of been a star wars fan or is this something you kind of came into i know you you kind of came into tops with with kick and kind of bunt but had you always been that? And where is your entry point in? Um, so I've always been a Star Wars fan, as long as I can remember, probably since I you know, was eight or I don't really remember when I started like watching those movies. I never saw one in the theater until they were reissued in the late 90s or 2000s, whenever that was. Um, so, yes, this has been like um, I sort of tumbled ass backwards into uh <laughs> being on kick and i would not say i was necessarily a um soccer fan although i grew up in a family with soccer fans my dad and my brother were both huge soccer fans and I, it just never caught on for me so while i was at tops working on kick cards i would see this was before we had even you know introduced star wars tops uh trader and uh, star wars card trader excuse me and uh, i would see that folder on dropbox and i was like ooh that I want to work on that how do I work on that you know and it was just uh, a thing where you know we needed a designer on kick so it wasn't like we could just necessarily move me over we would have to then rehire and all that kind of stuff so it took a few years and then uh, when the the designer at the time on Star Wars moved to Disney there was that vacancy so I thought now's my time and <laughs> I you know it's like Han Solo walking back onto the Millennium Falcon I'm you know I'm, I feel like I'm home um, and so it's uh, it's been just wonder. I didn't think I could, as a job, work on Star Wars in, in some capacity. So it's been a dream. Um, I won't say a dream come true because I just didn't even dare dream it. But um, yeah, um, I probably, you know, I feel like my entry point into Star Wars was just watching the, the VHS videos as a kid. 
Uh, it took me a while to figure out what order they went in. I feel like I watched <laughs> Return of the Jedi all the time uh, and just thought that was Star Wars. Um, so, you know, eventually I began to piece them together and watch them in the right order. And it's been a, a love affair ever since. I mean, I I draw nothing but Star Wars stuff. Uh, I have, you know, Star Wars figures and statuettes. And, you know, I've got a Darth Vader helmet on my refrigerator <laughs> in the kitchen. So it's definitely, you know, not a minor fandom that I've got going on here. It's it's <laughs> something that I work to uh, to manage day by day. So yeah. one, one of the nice things, <laughs> and I think you, you also had talked to Biggs about, you know, curation of collections, which is also something you will find in the app as well and i think it's inter- yeah. it's an interesting now if you look where tops is at in you know slowly migrating the apps over to this to the new build for lack of a better word but mm-hmm. it's a much more interactive way to collect and you know uh-huh. and, and even you know which is nice because i think you you know after a while you kind of with the older builds you kind of got to a point where you were you were going and you collect your credits boom done and yeah. you know and and how engaging you were you know, it, sometimes it really had to hook you if you really want to go. Now you have, mm-hmm. there's more things. And I think, you know, even the games within the game, like the, the, the lock-on or, you know, the, the workbench, these things, they, they seem, you know, there, there's a lot of possibilities, I think. Um, one of the things I think that, you know, this is, w- when you come into Star Wars and y- you inherited a lot of this, not only did you inherit the property and all the, you know, the cards and the way it was, but you also inherited... Um, just like with kick, the mechanism that, you know, when they translated from point A to point B, well, okay, a lot of things didn't necessarily fit. And I think one of the things that I have noticed in the last at least uh, three or four months, the award section and the trophies really have improved. Okay. And, you know, it's it's something, it's interesting, you know, in the physical card realm, you have you have special inserts, or you have these one-on-ones where, and in the awards, you know, like we're chasing sets, and sometimes you don't even know, you're like the dog, I don't know why I'm chasing this car, but I just want to get it, and I don't know what's going to happen when I get to it, but, you know, there was that transition when it when it went to the new build, and this is, like, this is not, not necessarily on you, but, you know, well, the way the, the awards did look, and there's always that sort of like, well, it's there, and I don't really quite know why, as a traditional right. car collector, you go, okay, but then, and it's even with the avatars, but then you go over and you go, I look at them over the last few months, I, I kind of rediscover them going, hey, this is really nice. And I like, you know, they, in some cases, they look like they're die cut and they don't necessarily form to a, a box box. Uh-huh. And I think that is something I think when people go, you know, whether you had a hand in or not, um, it is nice to see. And you go, know, there's another element of this that, you know, we're already seeing this aesthetic change where it looks very Star Warsy, and you're getting these things where, okay, we're having the, you know, the Rancor, you know, feed the Rancor, where you, these little games within it, and even the little lock-on, that, that little, yeah, it, you know, like a lot of this, like, you can see where there's some work to do, but there's a lot going into this, and it kind of tells, like, this is really making it more Star Warsy than simply your carbon copy app you know, like, well, this particular thing is the same mechanic, it's just skate, or this is, you know, huddle, or this is whatnot. And even though they, they you know, the apps have a similar feel to it, mm-hmm. you know, it is moving this way. There's these little flourishes that you guys are doing that it's making it more Star Warsy, but it's also making it, you know, yeah, it, it, the, at its core, it's still that folders and files, but I'm having more of a good experience within the app. Right, right. And that's a real credit. I, I can't take credit for a lot of what you're describing. That's sort of our UX, UI designers and our uh, product artists, um, which is kind of a separate tract. 
but um, yeah, it's like it's a work in progress. It's an ongoing um, <clears throat> sort of endeavor of ours to try to increase the 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 sort of interactivity of the apps and the just to sort of make it feel like a space that you can come into and um, your cards are there and you can do things with them. You can you know craft them into other collectibles. Um, you can trade them with people, you can showcase them yourselves. You know, I personally want to see, and I think we'll eventually get there, but, uh, even more sort of, um, because I am such a curator, I want more <laughs> ability to sort of control what my card sheet looks like. I want mm -hmm. to sort of like, you know, if I, let's say that I'm just like a, a crazy bounty hunter guy, I just love bounty hunters. I want to get every card of a bounty hunter, regardless of what set it is and be able to arrange them together so I can see like, Oh, here's, you know, all my bosks from various sets, you know? Um, I mean, to a degree, I suppose you can do that by searching for bosk, you know, so you can like temporarily see a search filter, but I really want to be able the same way that I would, you know, hang pictures in my apartment or, you know, possibly arrange trading cards in a binder on my desk is to be able to really just grab the things I want and put them where I want them. Um, I think we'll eventually get there. I would love also to be able to sort of, you know, the way that you can create like on your iPhone, you can sort of like drag apps and create little like folders or groupings of apps. It would be great if we could somehow collapse certain cards into, you know, clusters that take up less room on your card sheet. Uh, there's just a lot of stuff that I just want to, I just want more freedom and ability for collectors to express how they collect, whatever that may be. If you, if you really, if you're a hoarder and you want to show off your hoard, like, you know, I want that to be something you can do. If you, like I said, are collecting bounty hunters and you just want to bring them all to the top or to the front so that anytime anybody looks or just you look at your collection, um, you see that there. So I think we'll get there. It's a lot of work. I mean, there's a lot of things that a lot of people want. Um, and there's just sort of like an ever-growing list of to-do items and, and they get sort of um, reprioritized based on all kinds of um, things. So... You know, all that stuff is, I think, known and the desire for them is shared by at least, you know, one or two other people, if not more. Um, so we'll get there, I think. And and we have seen, like you've said, in the past um, several months that we are getting there. We're, we're sort of um, beginning to take um, ever widening strides uh, in, in sort of how we've designed this stuff. And it's exciting. It's, you know as the card designer and the, and the uh, producers and stuff, we have to sort of keep up with that stuff. Like if we get something like, you know, um, crafting or melding or whatever, we have to figure out, okay, how do we, you know, make the best use of this? And so you'll see sort of us experimenting with that hopefully. Um, and, um, yeah, I think we're, we're getting better at that kind of stuff, avatars and, and all that, all that stuff. Oh, I'm I'm crying on the inside because what you just said about the curation of your own collection is something that I've been um, in in my head when you're going across like you know when you get you know when you scale up and you have years of and thousands you know thousands and hundred thousands of cards you know how do you you know you end up almost locking yourself out of several years because I can't 
sit there and it's not a scroll. And this is not a, this yeah. is not a tops problem. This is no. you know this is um, if you go into any phone system, Android or Apple, you know uh-huh. go through your you know you, this endless scroll. If you have thousands of pictures you've collected, you know yeah. what really the, the card trader apps are is really a digital photo album. And I think like you like you said, which I've been you know I, I could just cry right now because I'm like yes, that's exactly it. You are. You you want to go back and curate your own, and you start to see that with things like favorites and whatnot, where you can uh-huh, go, uh-huh. you're giving that, and it's not just a search for Bosk. It is like right. you know that appeals right. to not only the people who are interested, who just like fly by, but also, hey, I'm hoarding Bosk, and 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 yeah. I don't even think that the card trader folks when they put this together really got like, you mean someone's going to collect all the, and then you go, <laughs> it's totally organic, but it's like this is, yeah. this, you know. Um, but yeah, that that's something where yes, it's um, I, I love hearing that because that's just you know we know like yes that's that's us on the inside. Someone you know you have to maintain that it's a moving target that you know you have main software that updates and you've got the app that needs to update. Well, this doesn't work. And in addition, we're also tr- you know we're trying to get this up, but we're also trying to you know yeah there is a there's a method to the madness and it's not just one app. Yes, what what affects one affects all. Um, and right. when I saw like Digicon coming up and we're all going. Oh, they're not gonna do this, are they? Because if something goes down, it's gonna bring like A, B, C, D, and you're like, well. But it's also the same thing when you go back to the Empire Watch Party as opposed to the New Hope Watch Party. You go, okay, we have, we have, we see that there are some things learned there. There's still a way to work with these things, but doing it, you know, like, but you're all, you know, I'm all for it, even if it doesn't work or doesn't work as planned. We're moving this ball forward. We don't know how far we can go forward, but we are trying to to stretch this. So uh, because we are responding to not only the people who will discover this app next week, but the people who've been in this since the beginning, and that's the exciting thing you see as not only someone who who, who covers this, I guess, but also who is going to spend a good part of my day. I'll tell my wife uh, in the app where you're like click click click. All right, you know, there's the next. Um, but at any rate, one of the last things I want to say, and I want to, I so appreciate your time today. Um, but I wouldn't be I wouldn't be where I'm sitting if I didn't ask this. I know you guys talked about it just briefly. Um, if there was a way, this is my this is my pitch, and you guys have talked about this. Um, you have dabbled a bit in this in the sketch realm, and one of uh-huh. the big things with on the physical side are sketch artists and sketches. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, is this something that is it is is it practical? Is it possible? And it is, is it something that you can talk about or something that it's been discussed? It's just, there's a little more to it. How, how would you attack that question? Yeah, I would say that we're all um, on the Star Wars team. We're really enthusiastic about um, sketch cards or original art, um, maybe a little bit more formalized than um, sort of the, the sketch cards that happen in physical um, but um, we had a little bit of sort of we had to sort of nail down some stuff um, contractually about mm-hmm. artists with Lucasfilm and stuff. And, and we've um, so that kind of um, put us in a holding um, sort of a holding pattern for a little while. But we've resolved that stuff. So I think, in fact, you'll very soon, I think, begin to see more original art coming at the whole uh, division, I think, wants to. Uh, you know, have stuff that's created exclusively for our apps because that's, you know, one thing, you know, we ha- we have access to style guide stuff, which, you know, clothing manufacturers have access to. So, you know, there, to some degree, like 
whether it's final frames from a movie or, or, you know, um, style guide stuff, like you don't necessarily have exclusive content coming from those things. So what you see on a star Wars card, you may see on a t-shirt someplace, or you may see on, you know, a coffee mug or something or a thermos. Um, and I think that what's attractive to us, or one of the things that's attractive to us about, um, getting artists to sort of draw and, you know, create things for us is that that's in our app then, you know, that's where you see that it's not, not uh, it's not on a trading card elsewhere that somebody else might have or have seen. Um, it's, you know, not a print that everybody has on their wall. It's, you know, <laughs> that's what you have to come to our app to see that. Um, so I think, you know, that's a really exciting area for us and one that everybody's kind of committed in getting to. And, you know, we've got already a couple of artists lined up, um, and some content sort of in the, in the pipeline that you'll be seeing soon. I don't want to say too much. Uh, I don't want to spoil surprises, but, um, but yeah, I think you'll, you'll see that there's a shift already beginning to happen toward that. And I think for Star Wars in particular, it's a really important thing because um, it's how I express my fandom. I mean, I'm not a uh, I'm not a working illustrator, and I'm not as good as some of these people that we're we're working with. But it's there's something there. There's something about um, the way the Star Wars movies and and now TV shows and cartoons have inspired creative people to continue that vision or to sort of explore. Right. Um, little twists on that vision things you know scenes that maybe we've all imagined but haven't seen in you know uh, an image before um so i think that's a really important voice in star wars collectibilities or collectibles um and we're absolutely committed to bringing more of that stuff out so we've got you know we've got a whole template that's been kind of branded for this stuff so look for uh tops original art uh, across the apps i think that's like a, a card set that you know uh, we intend to sort of um begin populating with more and more artists and bringing that to you guys more more and more frequently oh that's awesome <laughs> uh you know yeah i could i could pelt you with all uh, i could put you with uh, this this as the day is long i know i, I i've taken up uh, a lot of your time and, and, and I would love to have you have you back on the yeah, on the show to go in. By. It hasn't felt like we've taken any time at all. Oh the um one la- just just lastly, uh, and it goes back to what your your presence online and, and that's how I initially discovered discovered you. Um it it means I think a lot to not only myself but I think others that once again you put yourself out there and that you connect with folks because, you know, it 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 really helps it, 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 when you're working with a company. I don't care whether you're Lucasfilm or whether you're Tops. You know you uh, or you know. And I've worked for companies where your logo basically puts a bullseye on your on your back, where you mm. go, oh, you know. But you you are you're out there in a way that we can you know like we can either tag or we talk about it. But you can respond back, and it gives you that insight whether or not it's even if it's just a, oh this is great thank you. But you do feel that there are. There are faces. There are actually people behind there, and I think that you know there's a way to do it where you know it's very easy online to come on, make a really cool handle, and then just troll or go back <laughs> and forth, or even you know right. um, you're like I enjoyed Twitter before people found out I work for Card Trader. Now it's like now it's just you know every day I've got like 15 million DMs that are telling me I suck. <laughs> um, so it's not easy, and I think that's something I think I also would stress to folks going, you know, yeah, you know, I'm. 
yeah, I'm doing this, but I am, you know, like I am on the clock. So I'm also, you're under scrutiny, maybe from, from tops to go, what's he saying? But also you're getting it, you're getting it from both sides. And I, I don't think that's, that's easy. And it's something where it's like, oh, I've got to live this. Now I've got to live this in my downtime as well. Um, so it, it amazes me that someone would continue once I go, it's almost like, you know, like I'm going to tell people who I am then goodbye. Then <laughs> Well, there's, you know, there's absolutely no reason for me not to. The the community around Star Wars Card Trader has been nothing but warm and uh, embracing. And uh, it's, you know, we, we talk not only about necessarily the cards that are coming out, but, you know, people's fandom around there and, and sort of uh, bantering about, you know, which movie is better or, you know, which spaceship is better in the case of the fans' choice stuff that happens every Thursday. Um, so it's just been an absolute joy to me. And it's, it's, um, the easily the best part of my job, honestly, is having this community that is all fans of something that I am an ardent fan of. And we just happen to have, you know, uh, this is just sort of an icebreaker that I happen to, to be putting out some of the cards that you guys are chasing in the app. Uh, and it goes from there. I mean, I feel like, um, I, I particularly love uh, your Twitter presence as well, the way that you sort of uh, are a rallying point uh, for everybody to sort of gather around <laughs> and, and sort of help each other uh, complete things. Um, I love that. I mean, I love the uh, the sort of uh, the threading that happens there with, with people sort of finding out, what do you need? Okay, check your trades. Um, I mean, it's been great to watch that sort of um, that camaraderie and the support from people. And I think... You know, Star Wars fandom in particular, the past few years has been plagued, unfortunately, by sort of an undercurrent of um, kind of nasty fandom. I don't know where that came from, but I'm so happy that it's it doesn't seem to have touched on at least the people who, you know, have found me on Twitter. It seems like uh, everybody that I'm interacting with are the warm, generous fans that that I would want to see be fans of this. Um, so I think that's great. And it's absolutely, it's not at all taxing for me to, to put myself out there. Um, and it's actually just sort of the most fun part of my job. Excellent. Um, yeah. I, I won't, I won't destroy your, your fun in the app, but I would say if you had a horde, what would your horde be? <laughs> you know, I've, I've wondered about that because I, I do as this phenomena of hoarding, <laughs> you know, and, and who people, choose to hoard sometimes uh, which i think i think sometimes they choose it right just because nobody else is going to choose that thing right you know that it's less about that's my favorite thing and more about (laughs) you know nobody's going to like compete with me for this i think some people choose their hoards that way so i don't know i mean i've always had trouble picking a favorite character in star wars um shoot i mean yeah, you're right because it's not necessarily a favorite character. It's like if someone, yeah. uh, like what they went that there was that that was it a Bosom Cheebs or whatever that guy from yeah, Rogue yeah, yeah, One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um, and it's more just the sort of randomness uh, or the <laughs> sort of craziness of this guy who's you know got a name but never even made it onto the screen. Uh, and I love that. I actually just made another card of him the other day. Uh, so yeah, right. Sometimes it's more the novelty of you know this crazy character that you know. Um, I don't know. Do you have a horde? Um, I turn it back on you. Uh, yeah, I started. Uh, I'm a latecomer to hoarding, but I started with Commander Pyre, 
And okay. what I found when we started doing a lot of the the card squad and stuff is that you know if you're a if you're a if you're a deep player in the app and mm-hmm. someone comes in it's new. There's not a whole lot to go back and forth. like if you're on a current set you can go back and forth and do dupes for needs, yeah. um, or if or if you like like myself like and I think years ago the when you brought when they brought in the uh, the 1977 cards and I have them physically um, yeah. that that turned a corner for me money wise tops you you'd hit you, you got me hook line and sinker because I'm like <laughs> but it was a way to take my collection with me but yeah it's um, so yeah it, it was a way to it's a way to interact to go, all right, um, yeah. I don't need this, but I'm Leave worried. me a commander pyre and I'll give you what you need for your, yeah, yeah, that's true. It's like a... It's a, it's, it's a win-win, you know? Right, right. That, and how did you land on commander pyre? I mean, that's that's the gold-plated stormtrooper, is that right? Exactly, from, yeah. Uh, rep from Resistance? Mm-hmm. And, and that's another yeah. thing I was trying to figure out, what would I do? And, and one, it was easy because it's in a current base chase, so you're always okay. getting pyres. Okay. Um, as opposed to, like, if I went back and got, like, say... Uh, like I liked resistance, um, and I also liked the fact that you know Christopher Sean, uh, the voice of Kaz, was interacting with fans. And so uh, okay. you know, as resistance was going on, and you know became something like this is really cool because there you have that little you have that little connection, right? And, and then you know, or it was something like uh, there was a card you guys did of Torch, who was a droid. It was one of the droid right. series, yeah, yeah. And that was Torch's first card. He probably will not. Was that in the uh, the droids weekly from? Uh... Mm-hmm. Last time or this time, I guess it was maybe a series back. Uh, Droids okay. is a fun chase because it goes back to those Good. obscure characters. But yeah, when I saw it, and I'm like, I just actually had someone uh, commissioned to do a, a torch and a Vanessa Dosa um, because I just love the characters. You know, you, mm-hmm. you get that relationship, and you get hooks, and you go, "This is sort of like an underdog uh, um, property of Star Wars." Anyway, it was you know, it was, right. you know, it's just I don't now, know why I love Resistance. I think it's great. It was on Disney XD, and you yeah, know it didn't yeah. get out there, and right. they should have gave it another season. And even I, I got yeah. to be at the Resistance panel at Celebration, and you know it was fun seeing them up there a little bit. But yeah, then you have this interaction. You go, wow, I have this other connection with this, mm-hmm. and then you go, wow. On the one hand, it'd be great to go hoard, say a torch, but I know that it would be tough for other people because it was more of an insert set as opposed to a base. So I think if you're going to do a hoard. It's easy getting a base. It'll be harder once we move to another, the next uh, base series, what, eight? Um, right. And so that's why sometimes I think people will pick, and I think that's what I would do next time is next base. You'll go through and you'll kind of find that early one, and so it's definitely going to be a card that someone's going to have a lot of. Everybody's uh-huh. going to have a lot of. Right. And, you know, it's resistance, which I like that, and I go, who's 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 hoarding Pyre? You know, right. and I, right. I probably could have gone with others, but you go... It's an interesting character. It's it was an interesting character. Didn't have a lot of screen. You know, like he he you know, spoiler. He didn't make it all the way through. Right. Um, but it is something where I latched on. I go perfect. And then that way it's kind of fun. And then you put it out there. Whether you're doing it in my own the own group that we have, or you're putting uh-huh. it in a trade, going hoarding pyre. It, yeah. It's it comes back very easy, and it be- becomes this currency. Go. We can interact. We can we can still have this great interaction, and we're on two different levels of the game. Uh-huh. And it's yeah, it's 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 it just gives that it gives that thing that you know I've got a stack of of dupe uh, um, a side chase on this seventy one these top seventy one physical which I've always kind of loved the baseball but oh, yeah. I love the tops heritage uh-huh. design but it became that you know whereas in hoarding you know whereas in physical dupes are like oh my gosh what am I going to do with all this in in the trader right. app you right. someone took a, a negative and went no I'm going to try to collect all of them. And right. you go, it's, 
It's brilliant. It's anyway. become like a game within a game. I'll have to get back to you on who I might hoard because I've caught sort of <laughs> on that. But, you know, you mentioned the thing, you know, not to just sort of uh, belabor our time here, but you mentioned Torch's first card. And I wish there was a way that we could, that we knew necessarily when uh, we were putting out a character's first card um, and could sort of celebrate that more. Because I think that's, that seems so increasingly rare to do in something like Star Wars, which is sort of a closed uh, circuit of characters for the most part. I mean, every now and then we'll get a couple new ones on Mandalorian season two or, you know, whatever. But um, as many cards as we put out in Star Wars Card Trader, it's amazing to me that something might get its first card uh, today or tomorrow. And uh, I didn't know that about Torch. I wish I had because I, I would have uh, at least on my own Twitter account sort of made a made a stink about that. Um, but yeah, I wish there was some way that I, I know coming up, we have, um, you know, we've put out so many Lando Calrissian in disguise cards, <laughs> but, uh, very rarely do we get to say that he's in disguise as, uh, what is it? It's like, oh, I just forgot the name of whoever it is he's in disguise as, but we have a card coming up where we finally got that name through. Ah. And that was like a huge deal to me. I was like, ah, oh, finally, they've, they've always asked us just to say, oh, just say Lando in disguise or whatever. Um, so I was really excited that we finally got that name through. Um, so there's little things like that where you're, you know, you wonder like, oh, is this this character, this like weird background character, is this their first card? And a lot of times I'll ask that. And somebody says, oh, no, we had them in, you know, base six or whatever. I'm like, oh, okay. So I'm always looking for like, how can we get, you know, this, you know, some first cards out there for some characters. So I'm always, that's why I'm always coming up with sets like uh, notable Rodians or, you know, stuff that, or guards or whatever. So we can just really like examine a cross section of characters and maybe get a few in there that haven't been on cards before. That's just a, uh, it's like a little side quest of mine is to, uh, to get first time cards. There you out. go. And that, you know, I know there was a time when they had these, the first edition, there was a little first edition, uh, banner that they were putting in the card trader app. Yeah, anything that would make any of these characters, and like I said, you have the, the you have the ability and the quantity of sets to attack some of these. Whereas, say, you know, like Resistance only had that one physical set. It was you know, it was retail. Right. They didn't right. get a, that one. Didn't get a whole lot of love. But and it, it, what's amazing about that is it was only the inserts that had the solo. You know, mo the. The rest of the set, the base set, was all just you know scenes from, and so you didn't really have the solo characters until uh -huh. you had these little pop-up inserts. And so to have resistance characters, you know, in the card trader app, really, that's their, you know, that they, they were getting focused as you know a, a solo character there. But then you had to see that show up. I, I lost my I lost my darn mind, uh, and I was putting <laughs> it up. And then you know that you know you have um, I think it's Tasia Valencia who did Vanessa Dosa, and you're going. And then you like, I think even one on one social media posts, some of the writers like also going, hey, you know, they, the person who wrote that particular story goes, hey, you got to see that. They, they're giving him yeah. a card or something. And you're going, this is where it all kind of ties in. So, yeah, um, all I can say, more of this in any way you can celebrate, especially like I said, it, this is, you know, this is what Card Trader is. It's, yes, it's this. It'll only ever be digital. But that is limiting it in no way, shape, or form, and we can have so much fun. There's so much content going on out there, and, you know, we're developing these things to make it, yeah, this is going to be a living product 
you know, for, for years to come, hopefully. And it's, you know, the more interactivity we can give it, the more you can give um, people the ability to go in and, and, and really have fun with it. And they go, this is, you know, this is the same. Everybody's got this stuff on their shelves now that they're going mm-hmm. in and rearranging. They're putting on pigs and doing all right. this stuff. This right. is the same thing we can do here. And it just because it's digital, like, yes, there is that, that lack of, there's that distance. But when you get in there, you're going to make it as good of a, uh, experience as possible and that's what we that's yeah. what i as as a card trader uh a user and a card card collector just love and you know, keep doing what you guys are doing awesome well, that's great feedback thank you um and anyway once again and and thank you so much for your time now how can people find you <laughs> as i say um how can people find you in a good way um online <laughs> and interact with you yeah i mean i think the best way is uh twitter where my handle is uh s-t-b-e-r-n-a-r-d-81 so saint bernard 81 um i'm on instagram i think by the same title i'm not on there as much as uh, i am on twitter and then in the app uh i'm also there um although not terribly active but i am there and i do have cards so if you want to ever look around and shoot me a trade that's fine i'm brando underscore <laughs> c-a-l-r-i-z-n uh so you know i was going for the brando calrissian pun but uh, <laughs> i was hitting a uh, a character limit there so uh had to be inventive um so yeah i'm in the app um i'm on twitter uh on instagram and those are all great ways and uh i'm looking forward to interacting with anybody that uh, i don't already so excellent um, yeah Thank you so much for giving me a uh, time today, and I look forward to the announcement of your first hoard. Uh, <laughs> and, yeah, and then we'll have to think to, about that one. We'll get you back yeah. on to t- talk about the, the reasoning behind that. Anyway, thank, thank yeah, you so much. Yeah, no, I think that'd be great. Anytime. Once again, my thanks to Brandon for being on the program tonight. It was an absolute pleasure to get a chance to talk with him and find a little more about what goes into Star Wars Card Trader. I hope you got a lot out of it. I sure did. Any feedback for tonight's episode can be made in a number of ways. You can leave a comment on the Instagram post for this episode. You can also DM me at RebelBaseCard on Instagram. On Twitter, you can also find me there at RebelBaseCard. You can email the program, greg at RebelBaseCard.com. You can also find me on Facebook at RebelBaseCard. You can find the show notes for this and all episodes on the website, RebelBaseCard.com. And in the Star Wars Card Trader app, you can find me at CornFedTech. I use the hashtag Card Squadron not only for a way to put out the word on cool cards and card collecting, but as a way to maybe bring the community a little closer together. We collect, communicate, and commiserate when we run out of credits and crystals to spend in the app. Plus, all the other cool squadron names were already taken. We collect as one, and would be honored if you would join us. And if you are a sketch card artist or Star Wars artist or collector, cosplayer, want to talk about your work, your craft, or your passion, please drop me a line. Maybe we can work something out. I'd love to get a chance to hear your story. You can also help out the show by leaving a comment and a nice review on iTunes or wherever you get this podcast from. Otherwise, I implore you, keep those cards out of the hands of the Empire, folks, and I'll talk to you soon. The music for this podcast is brought to you under a Creative Commons license from Trent Reznor and Nine Inch Nails. This is Discipline off the album The Slip. This podcast is not affiliated in any way with Topps, Disney, or Star Wars, nor is it endorsed by Disney or Lucasfilm, and is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. All names and sounds 
and any other related items are properties of their respective trademarks and or copyright holders here in the U.S. and abroad. The official Star Wars website can be found at www.starwars.com.